Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 114. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, coming to you in a different state than I normally do, but that's okay. Uh, we're joined, Alina Falds, Paul Price. How is everyone doing today? Very late recording, but that's okay. Doug is well. I'm well. I've been super fucking busy, but been making a lot of money. So that's good. Yes, money, I money, feel money, like money. nothing eventful has happened to me recently other than I've been picking up way too many shifts at my restaurant job. But hey, money. I um so when we have a holiday coming up, our work decides that you should um do an accelerated schedule, which means everything needs to be done on Monday, the week before. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense because we only have one day off. If this was Christmas break and we had like two weeks coming up where we need to get it all done, that's fair. But it's just one day, but we have to get it all done on Monday. So what I've been dealing with all week is everyone screaming about like how everything's behind. And I'm like, it's not even not behind. It's like ahead of schedule. So like this like arbitrary thing that you've created is driving everyone insane. Um, So like... It's interesting because it does feel very like I don't like to be one of those people who's like, fuck capitalism. But like it does feel like capitalism is like, do you want holidays or do you just want to keep working Monday through Friday? And I'm like, I do want to work Monday through Friday, Mr. Man. Thank you. Don't give us holidays because they're bad. (laughs) This is also just a stupid holiday for like that. But. Whatever. All holidays are stupid. They're just random. Like, they're just random dates chosen by random people for random things. Like, I would much rather. I think actually, get... this one things happened on this day, but <sighs> fine. But what I mean is, like, I would prefer, like, hey, you can have your birthday and your anniversary and like four days sure. that you want to have off. Off. Like, don't give me days where we're all off. Why do all of us need to be off? There's no reason all of us need to be off on the same day. And that's my opinion. Canadian, how many days do you get off a week, uh, a year? Like a lot, right? I've, can you hear how loud this fucking shower is, by the way? Yes. It is insane. Who is showering at 11 p.m.? I am so sorry, Carson. <laughs> I hope they take quick showers because I have not heard this before. I've never counted how many holidays we get off a year, but I feel like ours like usually line up with whatever like one is happening in the u.s like you guys have the fourth of july and we have canada day like right before and then like victoria day you guys have memorial day i think there's usually like an equivalent balance not always but usually oh my god people just be noisy over at this household i'm sorry <laughs> i think i think my upstairs neighbor is done showering so feel free to go Wait, they, have, they have one two Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's 11. too many. Mm-hmm. Cut it down, Canada. I like holidays. Fuck yep. off. <laughs> what no, do they have to be proud for? Like, like on it, honestly, like you should not have holidays, and that's that's ultimately what it should be. Is you should not have holidays. You should I disagree. Keep working You're a capitalist. You should for be the in man. the factory, six a.m. to six. And honestly, like I don't believe in anything that's like you know, about enjoyment or anything, days off or anything like that. Just work for the work and then die. It doesn't take you 35 minutes to eat lunch. 
Uh, <laughs> Listen, I get an hour lunch at work. I have a four-day work week at my day job. My mental health is up to here. Really See, high. I, I hate I hate the hour lunch break. Um, I love the hour lunch break. I watch so many shows during my lunch break. If I'm serious, I hate the hour lunch break because the hour lunch break is fake. Because if you say, oh, I'm taking an hour for lunch, it feels so luxurious while everyone else is working that you'll like respond to a couple emails and everything. If you're doing 30 minutes, you're like, okay. I don't do that. Have workplace (laughs) boundaries. As soon as 4.30 hits, don't fucking talk to me at work. I'm done. (laughs) If I am outside of work hours, leave me the fuck alone. I am not doing that shit. Have sorry some you, boundaries, Paul. Sorry you don't work for one of the uh, the big mammal corporations. You yeah, know. I used to work for the federal government. <laughs> the and rodent. even then, I was not responding to emails post 5 p.m. The fuck off. You'll hear from me at 9 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Workplace boundaries, people. Workplace boundaries. Um. Yeah, no, I've I've never had a problem with that. Like in terms of um that I always allow my boundaries to be <laughs> torn down by the man. <laughs> it's bleak. I've been working really hard at establishing boundaries recently and it's been nice. I have That's employees lovely. actually. Um and one just wrote me actually literally today and was like, Can I work on this tomorrow or do I need to work on it tonight? And I was like, You can take off. <laughs> <laughs> It was 7.15. We were supposed to be done at 6. And I was like, no, no, no. I will judiciously allow you (laughs) to have an hour and 15 minutes later than you were supposed to be let off. (laughs) Well, my week has been great. Thanks for asking, everyone. Um, No one cares about your week, Carson. You're the host. I don't care. But I don't Listen, hear about your week, and I hear about I your shit. I was about to week. ask. I'm sorry. How is New York? New York was great, Paul. Thanks for asking. I went to New York City for a week. It was lovely. Like the subway is great. <laughs> Did you go to the MoMA? I went to the MoMA. I went to the Natural History. Did you see Museum. Starry Night? Yes, I went Did to you see the Ben Met. Stiller. No, but I was Tragic. on the lookout. Um, <laughs> The Natural History Museum is not fun. I hate to admit that it's in its flop era. But I did think continually, like, oh, if everything came alive, where would I be in the museum? So that's cute. Um, Did you see the little miniature figurines? No, I don't think they have them. But they have a lot of, like, a lot of rooms dedicated to, like, dead animals looking like they're in the Did you see the Easter Island head? No, not there. Wow. I'm actually mad for you, and I'm mad for myself, because I (laughs) want to go to New York theater this year. I was I'm triggered. Pissed. I was pissed, <laughs> Alina. I was so mad. It looked like, and also things were just the museum doesn't look like it does in the movie. I know Night at the Museum is fictional, but I don't care. It should be real. I don't know. They should at least have like a little like exhibit saying Night at the Museum was filmed here and have all that shit. Like, come Thank on, be you. proud of it. It's well, a fantastic. Why doesn't the Natural History Museum like half the people are there probably because of the film? Um, I will say Honestly, you should go to the Met. Yeah. The it's Met was incredible. Okay. Other no than good. the fact that like it did feel a little gross to look at like sarcophaguses of mummies because I was like, Sarcophagi. that's just a dead body. Love that <laughs> history major bestie. 
the entire time I was like, Elena really would get a kick out of this. But um yeah. Oh man. When I was like in grade two, that was when my big like ancient Egypt phase was and when I was obsessed with the mummy starting starring Brendan Fraser. So my mom took me to the Royal Ontario Museum because I was fucking obsessed with ancient Egypt and they have like an ancient Egypt wing and I was fucking terrified of the mummies. But I, I was also that. eight or seven, so I feel like it was valid. But oh, going yeah. as an adult, it's fun. I love dead bodies and corpses. I should have been a mortician. <laughs> There's that one on YouTube who I who like I love tells her. you how to do it. I love it. Yeah, she's an icon. Anyway. Well, see, Paul, I shared a story about my life, and it took four minutes. Your stories take 20 minutes. Just keep that in mind in the future. Moving on. But now I'm not in New York. And, yet, Dallas, and Texas, yet, so your story took too long. <laughs> you know what? Me and Alina bonded, and that's all that matters. Uh, much, like, yeah. much like life stories taking way too long, let's segue straight into Elvis. Hi, friends. Do you want to be featured on the next episode of Clappercast? Well, now is your chance. Either email us at clappercast at gmail.com or tweet at us on Twitter with your top five films of 2022 so far. You can also include your least favorite films. What films surprised you? What films disappointed you? Just give us your 2020 film thoughts so far. And next week on the podcast, when we do our halfway recap of 2022 in film, we'll be reading your opinions. We'll be sharing your thoughts as well as our own. It's going to be a grand old time, and we would love to hear your opinions. Feel free once again to email us or tweet us with those thoughts and be sure to listen to Clappercast next week to see what our thoughts were and what your thoughts were as well. Okay, quickly, you're just mad you've never seen Night at the Museum. Call him out. This man has <laughs> never seen one Night at the Museum one or two, but has seen three. No, I've seen one and three. Okay. Oh, we well, like you're still missing the best, the best one. one. I know. You're still that's... missing the key film. Listen, but the third one has Rebel Wilson, so. <laughs> so does Cats. What a connection. <laughs> what connection anyway. to terrible movies that you like. No. One, <laughs> I don't like three. Elvis. I don't like Night at Museum 3. <laughs> we'll do a retrospective later this year. Um, we do have a shit ton of films and projects, so why don't we kick over to Elvis? Paul, you seem really excited to talk about this one. Why don't you no, take no, it away no, no, with the story of no, Elvis? No, 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 because I feel like uh, we should kiss him, slap him, kiss him with this. So, Alina, go ahead. Talk about the movie that you like for some reason. No, Alina, you're balanced. <laughs> Stay strong. <laughs> Hold on. I think my upstairs neighbor's shower turned on again. <laughs> Round two. I heard, I heard plumbing noises. I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> my okay. neighbor's dropping a deuce much like Baz Luhrmann did during the creation of Elvis if Stop. only Elvis could have done that Elvis couldn't okay. Okay, listen. He because he couldn't shit <laughs> okay I love that I have to leave everything in about your neighbor now because we've made it like a key part of this transition there's no escaping I know okay let me stop laughing and I can talk <laughs> Stop laughing. Okay. <sighs> Listen, I enjoy a music biopic, okay? I love Walk the Line. I was looking forward to Elvis, and I was really looking forward to Elvis when we got all those uh, mixed reactions out of Can. I love a mixed reactions out of Can moment. I was like, 
I was reading everybody's reactions and I was like, I'm going to love this shit. And I walked up to that theater for a Saturday afternoon matinee with my little sister and I just sat there in the reclining seats and (laughs) the freaking opening credits happened and I was like, this is five stars. I just know it's going to be five stars. And I just like freaking loved every single second of that movie. I wasn't bored at all. I thought Austin Butler was fucking fantastic. He totally embodied Elvis. I acknowledge that there are a lot of problems with the movie, but like it didn't take away from how much I enjoyed the film. Um, I thought the costumes was great. I thought the editing was great. I really liked how stylized everything was. I think Baz really killed it with the directing. Um, like, I don't have any complaints that would, like, lower the movie for me. But I do have complaints. We talked about it. Okay, so in the kiss him, slap him, kiss him uh, scenario, I should go next. Um, I love Baz in theory. I believe that the worst night of Baz Luhrmann's life was the night that Moulin Rouge didn't win Best Picture, and in his mind he thought he would, and the rest of his life has been chasing that ghost. And, like, most good directors don't win Best Picture, buddy. Like, you're fine. Like, fucking Coda won Best Picture. Like, it's not in good company to win Best Picture, uh, like it was a couple of years ago, but not anymore. Um, so he's started doing this thing where he just grasps at straws. You can see it in Australia, which I think will be better when it's Foreman Downs or whatever um, as a miniseries, which it should have been and he would have done great as. Um, you can see it in Great Gatsby. You can see it in this most notably um my biggest problem with elvis and i've seen some people mention it is it's not baz lerman it's like somebody trying to be baz lerman but ultimately what it is is baz lerman holding back what he wants to do to be super like uh tasteful and so what ultimately happens is he leaves in the worst aspects of Baz Luhrmann, which is he's not good with dialogue. He's not good with emotion. He's not good with like plotting for long sequences. And then we're stuck with, Ooh, that was fun. You know, uh, Elvis in Hollywood. Oh, we're not, we're not doing anything there. That was a two minute scene. We're moving on to him. Sad that Hollywood's over. Why? That was so much fun. And then it does it like three or four times where you're like, oh, that was a grasp of something that I was enjoying and you don't know how to continue it. So you do it in your Baz Luhrmann-ishness and then you move on to the most boring sequences. And I fully believe my tinfoil hat moment is that the original pitch for Elvis was just the Christmas sequence. It was supposed to be like, that is the movie. And if you watch it, you're like, it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it kind of makes sense. And I think it was supposed to be like a being the Ricardo style thing. And you're watching it and you're like, I I literally almost left like <laughs> during that 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 moment when he's like, Is he gonna sing the Christmas movie 
<laughs> Christmas songs. And then like the guy's like, uh, Santa's bringing you a lawsuit. I was like, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. But I read a review that said this is the worst movie you've ever seen until Elvis gets to Vegas. So I was like, maybe I'll hold out. Vegas is not much better. I don't know what that man was talking about. But <laughs> it was slightly better. So I'm glad I stayed. But also like, dear Lord. Also, here's the other thing. And you can pop in in a second, Carson. Elvis is a doofus. Like that is what he's known for. Like he was a hot, dumb idiot. That is cool. You can do that. They don't allow that. And, you know, one of my favorite movies last year was The Eyes of Tammy Faye which allowed its protagonist to be uh, avoidant of the problems that the actual person probably had, but also showing, yeah, they were a big dummy. Um, and Elvis never gets to be that. You don't even get to see his eating habits, which regardless if you think that's what killed him, that's like part of his personality is like he would eat for like a family of six. Like that was known from when he was a kid. And there's no sequence where you're like, oh, that's funny. There's no like uh, banana bacon and peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> like, All I wanted was to see like, you know, oh, that yeah. was weird. Yeah, it's like that's I feel like Elvis is the framing. Sandwich. Yeah, I feel like the framing of this movie is like the weirdest and worst part about it. Like, I don't understand why they decided to show Elvis's life through Tom Hanks and his insane European accent um because I feel like once when it's being told through like his manager's eyes you're skipping over some of the like most important moments in like Elvis's like personal life because they aren't relevant to like Colonel Tom Parker and I just like I don't understand why they did that um, and then I also think a, a huge, I don't know, like, how, like, much involvement, like, the Presley family, like, had in this movie, like, prior to it, like, coming out. But, so like, much. So that's much. That's why you've obviously. answered the question. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Priscilla, that's, like, all the bitch is tweeting about. So, like, yeah. I feel like I, like, I loved this, but it would have been, like, even better had, like, Vaz actually had the chance to like not be bogged down by all of that stuff. Why did they make it through Colonel Tom Parker's eyes? I don't get it. Because they want to make the Presley family happy. Um, I will say there's like a four and a half hour cut, and I hear that there's some more funny stuff in that that got cut. So I hope that gets released. I will be watching it. I'd um, love maybe to we'll see review it. it. Who knows, Paul? Maybe <laughs> no, we'll I, see how I, I feel about you that week. I will say fully, I hate this film. I would a thousand percent watch, especially if he does it in a like TV show format and I can watch it in like three, you know, segments like I did with uh, the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah. Fuck me up. Do it. Yeah, this was long. I had to, yeah. I almost peed my pants during it. I didn't want to leave, though. I didn't oh, pee my pants. I slept through. I slept through. <laughs> I want to say a portion of Vegas, but I'm not even sure because when I closed my eyes and when I opened my eyes it was the same scene <laughs> well they do return to things quite a bit here's what i will say i'm a gay 21 year old you know i do not care about elvis i do not like elvis i have no i don't like really even the music biopic genre i think there's been some really terrible outings recently in it so i was not anticipating this until i found out it was baz 
I'm a Baz head for life. Love Baz. You're a Baz head for life and you haven't watched like 95% of it. Doesn't matter. And Doesn't matter. I've seen Strictly Ballroom. <laughs> but I've seen Moulin Rouge and that's enough, isn't it? I'm a Baz head for Wait, life. Wait, have you seen Australia? No. Which one have one you of seen, your... to be clear? Great Gatsby. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> my BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad head for life. I've seen two of make... his movies, one that everyone hated universally, and one that won well, best picture was nominated for best picture. Well, Moulin Rouge <laughs> is one of the best films of all time. So when you make one of Agreed, the best films of all time, but... I agree. I stand you. So <laughs> I was excited for this, even though I don't care about Elvis. And I thought this was so good. I'm with Alina. Sorry, Paul, you're boring and wrong. Look, I think this film does such an incredible job, number one, of not only just being fun, but showing like so many interesting little bits of Elvis's persona. I think it's so visceral in the performance scenes. I think that showing the connection between him and the black artists were super interesting. And then you have the Tom Hanks character, which by the end, the first I was like, oh, he is like satire here. Horrific. (laughs) But at the end, you get like such a like horrifying almost turn from him that it really worked for me i didn't know about like elvis's issues with his contract this film highlighted those wonderfully i really like like this if i i'm gonna rewatch it and i think it might jump up to be one of my best films of the year like i was really impressed is it messy? i put it yes. as my number one above top gun maverick because I'm i love mentally that. ill. <laughs> i love that for you um I, yeah i think it's messy i think it's I'm definitely too long but i loved it i'm so surprised because the one thing i feel like we as a group usually agree on is like when a movie's boring like we'll be I like i like that though. but i understand it's boring no that's what's so weird is like i was in physical pain specifically through the christmas sequence mm. like you could not pull me back after that sequence it is one of, I want to say, like, one of the worst sequences ever made. Like, ever. Because you know what's going to happen. He's going to do his own music and it's going to work out fine. So, why am I still watching? Why is this 45 minutes long? Why are we still talking about this? Why is he still I mean, that's asking? like saying, why watch any of the film? Because you know he's going to become famous and then shit himself to death on the uh, that, No, no, that's my other problem with the movie, is that that is true. Why are we watching this movie? There are so many movies where you can gleam things from people. And uh, Alina, you mentioned that the Presley family has like too much control in this movie or like, uh, is it... this reminded me of Zola. I don't know if you guys um, yeah. remember Zola yeah. in that it makes the hero so clean so perfect that in the end they have no personality and that's what happened in zola like zola if you read the story you're like even in her version of the story she wrote on twitter she like does some shit that's like a little kooky um presley is known for being a little kooky like um so uh liza minnelli talks on graham norton and she's talking about um that she met elvis once And she's telling about what a fucking weirdo he was. And he brings like all of the biggest stars. It's like, you know, um, I think it's Alice Cooper and 
uh, Lovelace, the porn star, and like all these people. And then he's like, look at me while I do karate. And he walks out in a full like karate outfit and like does karate for them. And they were like, oh, this night took a turn. And it's so funny. And it's so what I imagine Elvis in Vegas was. And instead, they're like, he was hot and young and looked perfect. And in a year, he was a fat, bloated corpse. <laughs> it's like, and then he started doing drugs. And now everything <laughs> is sad. And I'm sad because it was very triggering. <laughs> it's just like, I just okay. wanted, I wanted more fun from like, like ultimately what I find very scary about like drug culture is it is fun and you watch people progress. This felt, you know what this felt like? It felt like Bohemian Rhapsody, except instead of gay sex, it was like vague foods and drugs. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about what the food and drugs are. It's much like gay dick in that it will immediately kill you. I feel like going back to what you said about like if you do take gay dick, please go get the monkeypox vaccine. It is spreading in that community a lot more. So please do go get the monkeypox vaccine if you're engaging in it. Also, if you have a uh, peanut butter bacon and peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Um, Just going back to what Paul said about like this being boring. I just didn't feel that way at all. And I I realize I'm biased because I fucking love rock and roll. Like that's my genre. I'm more of like a 70s girly, but like I like Elvis a lot. I listened to a lot of his music growing up and I like knew a lot of his like relevance and impact on pop culture. And that's also why I liked bohemian rhapsody on a first watch to be clear it's bad it's bad upon reflection but it's also why i really liked rocket man i just like i really enjoy seeing all these musicians i admire just like on the big screen um and i also really liked going back to like what carson said about like the black musicians i really liked how this film acknowledged um and that like elvis's character himself like acknowledged like how much influence like um, black musicians and like their like invention of rock and roll impacted like his life um it was really cool seeing like bb king and little richard i wish bb king got to sing but that's all right i feel like he probably would have stolen the show um that was really fun for me and i just really liked how like baz depicted like the, the Memphis nightlife amongst, like, the the black folks there. Um, it was even really cool seeing, like, Mahalia Jackson and things like that. Um, what I didn't like about that aspect of the film, though, is, like, it really, like, frames Elvis to be, like, a civil rights icon in certain scenes, and he wasn't like that. Like, obviously, he was really groundbreaking for him to, like, acknowledge black musicians during his life but like that's the extent of what he did um like he was never like a big civil rights icon and I think like the film kind of like implies that there was more to it than it was like I don't think that Elvis was like an asshole or like co-opted like rock and roll or things like that but I don't think it's should be shown as far as it was in like the film because that's not what happened 
That's very true. I will say, Lena, like you do have a bias, sure, but like I also hate Elvis, and I'm right there with you. So, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people I'm seeing, I'm seeing very divisive takes. So I'm seeing a lot of positive takes. So, like it must be something more than just like, oh, Alina's off her meds like normal. Like there must be something else. <laughs> I don't take medication at all. To be clear, I probably should. But maybe we should start. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the biggest problem with uh, my viewing of this film and in general like people is if something hits you this entire movie works or if it doesn't you're miserable i don't think there's i'm not seeing many people who are like i'm mid i don't see i don't see many threes i see fours and i see two downs Mm -hmm. um which i think is very interesting because i haven't seen that in a while in a while in like you know uh film Usually people are like, oh, it's all four star. Oh, it's all one star. For that, I appreciate um, people who are doing four star are wrong, obviously, but I'll allow it because it's interesting. Well, I did five stars, so I'm I'm correct. <laughs> I did five <laughs> stars for fucking, yeah, Death on the Nile. So <laughs> well, that's a good film. Um, I mean, let's just be real. That's that deserves it. Okay, out of the like three recent like big music biopics, Rocketman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Elvis, rank them. Go. Oh, uh, okay. Easy. Elvis, Rocketman, Bohemian Rhapsody. Period. On the Easy. same team. <laughs> Paul, I swear if you say one <sighs> film is being first, shut no! the fuck up. <laughs> Why? Bohemian Rhapsody number one. Um, I'm going to say, oh God, they're both so bad, but I'm going to go Rocket Man and I'm going to go Elvis's last. What did you give <sighs> Bohemian Rhapsody star-wise? Oof. Let's look. You know what? This is pure this unbridled. Is like, this is, I can't I'm never going to be able to look at you the same way, depending on what this is. Okay, let's look. Let's look. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. I have it at four stars. (laughs) I give it two and a half star. So like when you were trying to figure it out, I'm pretty sure this is like two and a half, two and one and a half. (laughs) Let's look. Let's look at Rocket Man real quick. I hated all of those movies, so. I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody when I first watched it. And then I saw everybody else point out all of the flaws. And I was like, oh, but I see. I hated so like, I hated Rocket I Man. I retroactively don't like it. I hated Rocket Man more than I hated. Um, OK, so here's my problem with most music biopics. It's the same thing I just talked about. If you can feel the hand of the friends or whatever involved it just feels a little like elton clearly is involved with rocket man um and i know what you're gonna say carson about bohemian rhapsody but i know but they also allowed their friend to be kind of a piece of shit and that's kind of nice like they literally went on like a world tour with that film being like look how great we were yeah i know i know but like they allowed their friend to be a piece of shit Yes, he's a piece of shit, mainly because he's gay. But uh, <laughs> Demi Malik, like, come, I'm sorry. Oh no, he's I terrible. Into it. But okay, 
Okay. Uh, are we ranking the three boys? Because it's That's definitely what I was about to ask. Taryn, Austin, Raimi. But I do Austin, Taryn, Raimi, but sure. I can, I respect that. I, I, That's so difficult. I think it might be Austin. I might be with Alina, but Austin and Taryn are both great. The thing about Taryn is he doesn't feel like he is. Um, like, it's not just like, oh, he sounds kind of like him. So it's, but he embodies um, Elton. And I feel like Elton, weirdly, is a bigger figure in terms of like what you imagine his persona to be. Like, I think Elvis, because of the um, Elvis impersonators, you're just like, oh, you just got to get the voice right. And that's Elvis. And he kind of does that. But like Elton, you're like, oh, no, Elton John's still alive. He's like still a big deal. I see him all the time. I hear him. Um, I think that him portraying that was so difficult. And also it's kind of shitty that he didn't get an Oscar nom because they were bored of Raimi. And only because he died. (laughs) The Presley daughter is like heavily trying to start an Oscar campaign for this guy. Oh, Austin Butler, 100%. All three of them deserve noms. I don't think any of them deserve the win. I don't think you mm-hmm. think Rami Malek deserves a nomination for best actor. I thought he did really good as Freddie, as a Queen yeah. fan. He was a good Freddie. He's he's pretty great. You the, are delusional. Inter- no, the thing no. is, he seems like him. Like yeah. I hate Queen videos, to be fair, so I can't. Yeah, like I I like Queen. I like all of these things. So like he did, like Rami did feel like Freddie to me. Um. Yeah. Taryn 100% deserved it. Austin will get it. Like, there's no question that Austin's getting the nom. Mm -hmm. It is so crazy that Austin Butler is still speaking in, like, the Elvis voice for, like, interviews and stuff now. I just watched his BuzzFeed puppy interview, and he's, like, he's, like, talking. I can't do the Elvis voice. He's, like, talking in the low Elvis voice. I'm, like, oh, my God, I love this. It's so good. Austin (laughs) Butler has gone fully insane, so that's very funny to me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God, Tom Hanks. Could you imagine if Tom Hanks like, about, did interviews? We have him? not talked one iota about the worst part of this film. Yes, uh, so it I is the Paolo Gucci of the yes. film. It's, it's like yes. it's not even Paolo Gucci. It's something like Paolo and Gucci. Again, I'm delusional. I think it's good. Oh, <laughs> it's I okay. I freaking love how Elvis gets like introduced in this movie, but like they're playing like Elvis on the radio at the carnival. And then Tom Hanks is like, Perfect. blah, 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 can't have Wait, a black musician. Speed. And then he's like, he's white. So good. It was so terrible, but so good. Uh, see, that's my biggest problem. That's my <laughs> biggest problem with that movie because they never, like, deal with that. Like, they don't, like, I feel like they deal with it in a way that made his family cool with it. I just, but anyway, going back to tom hanks um costuming terrible also i'm gonna jump a little bit to the side um tom hanks's makeup is fantastic he is terrible worst performance of his career in a career full of terrible performances because tom hanks is not that good yikes we're getting canceled for that one we just Shit, talk to Mary's dad. Paul is getting canceled. Hate Tom Hanks. I have never liked Tom Hanks. I've never liked a performance of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks could die tomorrow. Please note that the views of Paul Price do not reflect the views of Clevercast. (laughs) 
I if Tom Hanks died tomorrow, I would not care. Like I would not react. Before oh. we finish, Carson, do you want to come, Paul? I didn't invite you because I didn't think you'd wanted to. Carson and I are gonna do a little a little Elvis special on Patreon. We're gonna watch Jailhouse Rock, Viva Las Vegas, and Blue Hawaii. If you want to join us over on Patreon, best. I'm not watching all three of those, but I definitely will pop on for a couple. Well, the episode is all three. The special. Okay, yeah, three. so I'll watch two. And then you guys can continue talking. We were originally going to do two, but the poster for Blue Hawaii looks so fun. So we decided to do that also. <laughs> okay. Actually, no. Uh, going back to Elvis, where was his Hollywood era? Why did they cut that? It's a weird that they cut that. If it's in the four hour cut, I will. Ultimately, I truly believe uh, Carson, to your point. I think I will like the four hour cut. I truly believe that the four hour cut, I'll go like, oh, here's some fun moments. I think he cut everything and this feels like his Oscar push reel. <laughs> like anything that was like, will the Oscars like this? Is is Elvis sad? Will he cry in this scene? Then I should leave it. Should I leave anything fun? No. No, because they didn't like that. They don't like when I do things fun. I like I fully believe like I'm going to watch this. It's going to be like an hour and a half of additional fun content. I'll be like, OK, yeah, this is fine. Like, I don't think I'll ever love this movie, but I think I'll enjoy it. Same way with Australia, um, the long cut of Australia that's coming. Um, I think that that'll be like good. I'll enjoy that, even though Australia is boring. Well, as a bass head, I'm sure I would love it. I've not seen it. You have not I'm seen sure. Strictly Ballroom. By the way, um, for fans at home, Strictly Ballroom will be one of the four movies I'm choosing for my birthday special because I can choose four movies. You're doing four, four movies? Four. I only got one. No, but I'm I got none. You, I'm letting you know ahead of time. So <laughs> you guys can. I'm letting you know tomorrow. I picked out the four. Okay, I'm getting four next year then. I'm getting five That's fine. next year. So <laughs> I'll get 10. I don't care. <laughs> Do you want even more Clappercast content? Yes, we have our weekly episodes, but you can get even more on Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can get exclusive commentary tracks and bonus reviews, as well as some more fun content. Yes, you can literally watch movies with us. Uh, me and Alina have watched Sonic the Hedgehog. We have watched Murder Mystery. It is a ton of fun. You can literally watch a movie with us. And we also have bonus reviews. You want to hear our thoughts on Fresh. You want to hear our thoughts on everything, everywhere, all at once. These are reviews that you can only get on Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Again, for as low as $1 a month, you can get Clappercast shoutouts. You can even decide what we review. It is a ton of fun over there on Patreon. And if you are not there... Honestly, you're kind of missing out. Be over there at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Um, why don't we jump into our next film? Because we do have a lot to get to today. Um, what's that? The phone is ringing. It's the black phone. Paul, you listen, or you watched this film last year at like a hella early screener. And you really set the tone, I think, for what we came to expect from this film. And I think you pretty much it lived up to the expectations you set. Do you want to introduce the black phone? Your favorite film of the year? Okay, so here's the thing. Scott Derrickson is a hack. Um, True. And one of the greatest days of my life was when he was fired 
from uh, Doctor Strange 2. So when he like released a fuck you movie, I was like, mm, we're not going to enjoy this. And when I found out it was Joe Hill, who just wants to be his dad so goddamn bad. Um, his dad is Stephen King. Um, I was like, OK, well, let's go for this. And then um, a former friend of the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> name who will not be mentioned um bought Redacted. tickets without me asking and made me go with him um i was like sure let's let's go um so we went and i ended up running into um people i know and i was like okay um i hope i like this movie because everyone's super excited except me and then i watched the movie and there are a couple good scares. There are a couple good like, ooh, spooks. Um, but the problem is it's mostly focused in child actors. And child actors, unless they're in the movie Stand By Me, are terrible. <laughs> and I can't really handle child actors. I have a question. Okay. Is... Stephen King, like, is that a pen name or is that his real name? Stephen I've King's never read real name. Books. He named his son Joe King. No, his name, his name, uh, his son is Joe Hill. How? Where does Hill come into this? Why is because he, he doesn't want to be Joe King. Imagine was his name being... originally Joe King, and then his I think pen it's, name I think is it, Joe Hill. I think he's Joseph King, and then he still okay. it's Joe King. I'm screaming. Continue. <laughs> He's a literary Continue. mastermind. No, what no, that's actually good. Uh, but this, okay, so my biggest problem with this movie is um, I fully believe, and I've already made this joke on Letterboxd, um, and it's like nine months old at this point, but bear with me, um, that they wanted Julia Butters for the sister in this movie because it's just such a Julia Butters role. And I forgot who the fucking girl is. She's terrible. But I was like, oh, it's a I can't believe it's not Butters role. So good. So proud of myself. It's so bad because you can just feel that they thought this girl could read lines like I'm a dumb bitch and I hate everyone and I'm smarter than all you. I hate it. When she started talking the first line, I was like, oh, no. And then she continues not to be just like a minor character, but she's like probably the fourth most important character in this movie. It's terrible. She is the through line of this like movie. There's drama going on with the main characters, but she's the one who we keep cutting back to. And every single time there's one time when she's like cursing at God. And I was like, what is happening? She's praying to Jesus. And she goes, what the fuck, Jesus? Why aren't you helping me? <laughs> I hate it. Um, Haven't we all been there, though? <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's just The Shining. It is The Shining with a phone instead of, you know, The Shining. Um, and there's a dad bod, Ethan Hawke, who, like, is a great performance. It is, like, one of a top-tier, like, horror villain performance. But not in this movie. Like, if he was in a better movie, I would, like be so in love with his character uh the mask is great his like 
reactions are great, but everything going on around him, I'm like, I don't care. I'm curious what you guys think, though. I, too, have a severe amount of complaints about this movie. I did enjoy beefy Ethan Hawke, though. Although I kind of was, like, not down with him being, like, an obviously, like, gay child molester. I was, like, really releasing <laughs> Not that I'm releasing this movie during Pride Month, but, hey, maybe that's just a coincidence. Um, yeah, I thought... Good strokes. <laughs> I thought Ethan Hawke was really great here, and you're right. He's stuck in a bad movie. Um, I really liked all the crime aspects of it. I think the name The Grabber is stupid, but whatever. He was, like, fucking creepy in his, like, van with the black balloons and, like, his little fucking, like, basement dungeon thing. I was like, that's all fun. It just, like, the child actors are garbage. And then it just, like, I hate the ghost stuff. I thought I was going to be really afraid of it. It was not scary at all. I don't, none of the jump scares got me, surprisingly. But, like, the whole ghost stuff is just so stupid because it makes Finny, like, literally the most passive character ever. Like, it's like, bring, bring, hey, I got murdered by Ethan Hawke, like, a week ago. You should try this. And then it doesn't pay off. And, like, bring, bring, I got murdered by Ethan Hawke a month ago. You should try this. And then the thing with the ghost is all the shit they tell Finny doesn't fucking amount to anything. Like, I don't get it. It's they're literally just like dragging this out for no fucking reason. I was like, yeah, he's like trying to do all this stuff over and over again. Sure. But I hated it. Like I wanted Finney to have like more agency. I told you guys this when I after I saw it in like a voice note. I think it would have been so much better to like not have ghosts at all and have like more shit in the like dungeon room and Finney like figure out like stuff based on the past victims that way. I don't know how that would work. I'm not a fucking screenwriter, but it would have been more engaging and given Finney like choices and like shit to actually do rather than ring, ring, bitch. This is what you should do next. Fuck off. Well, it narratively also doesn't work because like the story is pretty much about this kid, like finding, you know, standing up for himself and finding his own strength. Like he's not, he's just getting rings like, every 10 minutes just telling him what to do so like it invalidates the narrative it is trying to create Mm -hmm. well and on top of that um his sister ultimately like doesn't matter but could have mattered like uh, like how they do it is like her subplot is useless but easily could have been if like two things changed in the movie, like could have been the end of the movie. And that's really frustrating because it's like, okay, so then the sister was the most important character, the sister Mm -hmm. who a is a really bad actress B who doesn't involve herself in the plot in a way that's like interesting. She's just like, um, the deus ex machina of this movie. And I just, I did not rewatch this. Um, I wouldn't, (laughs) <laughs> no, I was like debating it and I was like, oh, God. Um, I just. It was just like not necessary for that her character to be like psychic at all. And they like kind of imply that she like got it from her like crazy mother or something. And I'm like, I don't understand the point of this because spoilers at the exact same moment, she leads the police to Ethan Hawke's house. Finney breaks out. So it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. 
And that's that's my biggest problem with the movie. And it's also like the grabber is kind of cool. And you didn't need to kill the grabber. Like there's no reason to kill the grabber. Just have him escape and the grabber disappear. Like the thing that isn't scary is when the boogeyman dies. The -hmm. thing that's scary in Halloween, what makes Halloween scary is that he's gone after Lori looks over the edge and you're like, fuck, fuck. We did all of this. We thought we did it. And now it meant nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. Terrifying. This. Oh, he can die by falling into a little pit. (laughs) And then he gets strangled. Come on. You you know what else was dumb? Oh, though that ankle fucked me up. I went. <laughs> like I remember just being, like full on revulsion, and I was like, "It's just a twisted ankle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not even a broken ankle; it is a twisted ankle." <laughs> if, okay, what I was gonna say is, you know what else I thought was like dumb, and I felt like didn't amount to anything. How Ethan Hawke's brother is like a true crime enthusiast, and he can't figure out that Ethan Hawke, his fucking brother, is the one kidnapping all of these children. I did thought it, I thought it was funny when his like head got axe smashed in though. I liked that part. <laughs> yeah, no, just, it just this movie sucks. Like even like <clears throat> I think I think weirdly I'm actually the most negative here because even Ethan Hawke I thought was terrible here. Um, the mask is fine. I'll give you that. But uh, like other than that, I think this film was like so painfully boring. It amounts to nothing, as you mentioned. Like, I don't think you guys are doing it full justice. This is horrendous. Like, I didn't know the Stephen King comparison, which is hilarious, because I was like, oh, this is a Hulu original that, like, wants to be Stephen King, and they just bought, like, a (laughs) shit writer to make it. No, actually, shockingly, is a little bit sadder than that. Um, It really (laughs) is, like, one of the worst films of the year. Like, I hated every second of this. There's no good moments. It's not fun. Even dad bought Ethan Hawke, you hyped up, Paul. Why is that man not fat? Like, I'm sorry. He <laughs> clearly, like, gained weight and tried to be fat, but they didn't make him fat. You make him fat Elvis. That's what you do. Um, it's just, I would, I would, no, I don't think he should be fat because he has to be, like, fit to, like, kidnap all those kids, man. I, they're children. I was a fan. Hold on. You know what else was stupid as heck? Why was, like, Finny and, like, I don't know. I think her name is Gwen, the, like, little bad psychic kid. Um, Like, why is their dad's, like, there's no reason for him to be an alcoholic. Like, he's obviously, like, coping with, like, the death of their mother. But, like, that doesn't fucking matter either. And then that point where he, like, beats the shit out of his daughter for, and it was very, very graphic for no fucking reason like Isn't why do you i don't stephen like, king thing like you uh, I like the i don't know i don't like stephen king i don't like stephen king i don't like horror movies like that i don't watch shit like that so maybe it is but like why there's like why are you watching like why are we showing this like poor little girl being like fucking beaten with a belt for like a very long time i was like like which I don't adds nothing watch to shit the like story. that. Not adds involved. nothing. Like I get it's a horror movie, but like stop. She's a child. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> that's a that's a Stephen King thing. I hate it. It's gross. Yeah, it's terrible. Like their parents do that to them. That's fucked up. I I do think luckily the film is trying to say it's fucked up. I don't think it's 
I just think I understand uh, that, but I also thought the scene was like really gratuitous. Like it went sure. on for a very long time. Because they, I'm, you know what? Honestly, after if I watched a cut of this film, I would do something to try to make it a little less boring. At least that got mm-hmm. a reaction. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. If you could include a child getting beat up, so it's like interesting. You know, sometimes <laughs> some days you have to try. I feel, I feel like if I didn't like like true crime. I would have hated this a lot more. Listen, ultimately, it's not true crime. What do you know? I'm saying, like, I enjoy like crime stuff. So, I guess. yeah, well, I know it's not true, but <laughs> God, I wish it was. If it was true, I would be like, okay, at least it's somewhat. <laughs> there's something. <laughs> Why is there a phone in the basement? Also, just take out the phone. If you're gonna have a kid kept hostage there, like fucking just There's take no out the reason. Phone. It's a barren room except for like a bed, a phone, and like a rolled up carpet. Honestly, shout out to Ethan Hawk for at least giving Finney a toilet. That was nice of him. True. A private toilet. In LA, that would go for four thousand dollars, that room alone. So it's better than Alina's apartment right now. Hey, damn, my apartment's damn. cute. I've improved it significantly with my feng shui. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's leave that behind and go to Netflix for what I'm sure you guys are so excited for. Money Heist Korea Joint Economic Area. I want to take everyone back. That's the full title. That's the full title. I want to take everyone (laughs) back to April. (laughs) I don't blame you. April 2020. The height of the pen the pandemic is starting locked down for months what am i gonna do with my time i'm gonna watch money heist a shit show from spain but super popular i ended up loving it and having fun so of course when they said we're gonna do a korean remake i was in like why not um and alina you didn't watch it paul you watched part of episode one so thank you for at least you know giving me that i didn't even i haven't even seen the spain version of money heist it's like it ain't gonna ain't gonna happen not I'm, not watching, I'm not watching that I'm not watching stranger things you cannot you can put a gun to my head and i wouldn't do it <laughs> paul i'd love to hear what your thoughts were of just the episode of what you saw and then i'll get into my thoughts no i haven't watched the original series uh but you wanted to pull this up and if i had not been pressed for time work was like insane this week um would continue watching like honestly like it's fun um you the setup is really interesting with the north versus south korea aspects which are alluded to in shows like squid game but are really prominent here um the dynamics of the characters are very interesting i like that it references um the professor and things like that um from the original uh yeah no it just feels like a show that i think is really working um i don't think it's perfect but also in terms of what it's trying to do it's great um a little weird that they're doing a spinoff instead of a straight remake because i don't know what amount of transfer would ever come from this like, I don't believe that people who watched the Spanish show are immediately ready to watch a remake in a different country that only vaguely references the other. So that's weird because I don't think anyone cares. But I guess maybe eventually they can do like a team up movie or something. I don't know. 
Um, but Carson, you watched the whole series. I'm curious what Almost. you think. I have a couple episodes left. Here's the thing. I was hit with whiplash immediately when the introductions literally with the main character, Tokyo, saying that she's a BTS stan and that the BTS army is everywhere around us. I was like, oh, God, here we go. I love this already. And like you get this really interesting futuristic setting where the North and South have come together and blah, blah, blah. And it jumps like five years in the future. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm excited that it's something new. And then it just becomes a very basic remake of the entire uh, first season. Um, It is plot wise, not different at all from Spain. And also like it doesn't come back. You would expect like the BTS army, especially considering they spend 10 minutes talking about it to come back. Never does so much Um, time on BTS. Yeah, and it never comes back, which is very odd. Um, I think if you had to pick one, the character or the performances rather in the Spanish version are much more fun. I think the twists and turns are handled better. There's a few like very minor plot changes in the Spanish one that I think works better. Um, but you know, I think the story itself, it is very beat for beat the same. So like what is fun about the Spanish version, the, how they get the heist going, the plan slowly develops, um, the like moments of tension as they start to lose control here and there and, oh, how are they going to, you know, figure it all out? It is still fun, but it is not something where like, if you watch the Spanish version outside of the first 20 minutes, there's really no reason to watch this version. It's the same show. Um, I'm I'm, going to finish it. Let's not let's be clear. Um, If you dedicate your life to watch the Spanish version for like all five seasons, you're going to watch whatever they produce at that point. Um, But no, it was fun. But I would not say it's anything overly special. Would you recommend the original show? For the right person, yes, because it's not necessarily well written, if not necessarily well made, but it is like trashy fun with some like really weirdly good moments towards the end so i would say for the right person yes like very similar to like i'd recommend 13 reasons why to the right person not looking for like a great drama but if you're looking for trashy fun it's definitely there and i would recommend it i mean he dresses up like a clown at one point the professor does and like breaks into a children's hospital for a thing he has to pee on himself and act homeless at a point like it gets wild it's very fun at times um, but it's not necessarily good. Um, let's move on because I think we've talked enough about Money Heist. I would recommend, I hope you two finish it, but I don't think we're going to get that. Um, we're going to start a new series this week for a little bit where we're going to review. We're halfway through 2022 and let's look at back at some releases that we missed that we probably should have covered, but time, you know, we didn't have time or whatever it was. And let's start off Alina with Triple R. This is a film that has taken the world by storm. Taken. <laughs> taken. Taken. Y'all, it's late. I'm sorry. I don't care. It's taken the world by storm. And I would love to hear what you think about it. Um, Yeah, I was really looking forward to RRR because I, like, Indian cinema, I finally like, does not get the same hype compared to like a lot of other foreign films, like especially like East Asian cinema and like European cinema and whatever. So it was really fun that like this is getting so much hype. And then obviously it didn't come to my local theater because I live in middle of nowhere, Hicktown white people area, 
we're not getting RRR. And then I moved back to Ottawa during its theatrical run still, and it wasn't playing anywhere. And I checked, and the only place it was playing in all of Canada was one Cineplex in fucking Montreal. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't know what they did, like, elsewhere, but in Canada, the theatrical the theatrical run for this was stupid. Um, so we finally caught up with it on Netflix. Didn't even get to watch it in the original, like, Telugu, but whatever. I think that's how you say that language. I don't know. I'm not a real... I'm Okay. I'm not a real Indian. I'm only, like, I'm half and I'm diaspora. I'm, I don't know. I don't know any of this shit. Um, so I watched it in Hindi. I had a lot of fun. I think it's, like, similar in like execution to a lot of like other Indian movies that I've seen um I thought the two main characters were really great I thought they had like great chemistry um and as I was sitting there watching it I was like man I really wish I could have watched this in a movie theater because also just purely because of like fucking terrible life circumstances I watched this in like chunks um and yeah so, like, I was not, like, as in love with it as everyone else seems to be. Like, there are definitely other Indian films that I love way more than this. But I'm glad it's getting the hype. It's really cool. And I really recommend you check it out. I'm happy for you. I will say quickly, like, you know, I appreciate that this visually looks good. The energy it brings to a scene is solid. It's not for me, especially at three hours long. Um, you know, I will say, and I think anyone who sees this would probably, rec- like, respect that not my type of cinema it was you know i well made for what it was and i can see why people would like adore this it is like just pure chaos in the best of ways but like to a really high level um when it comes to quality but it was just it's just not for me so i just like kind of got a headache and then for three hours was just like ooh, it's long you know <laughs> i am a fan of maximalism uh I understand people thinking it's garbage because it's not a good film. Like it doesn't bring anything to me in terms of like joy in like, Oh, emotional beats. Like I think the emotional beats are boring. I think like all of the romance boring, but when I'm sitting there I'm like, what is a movie? Like uh, ultimately what is a movie? This hits for me the same way that, um, uh, Top Gun Maverick hits for me in that it's just like, oh, hey, it's guys being dudes. Watch some shit and see some things explode and go, whoa, a lot. Um, Yeah, no, I love this movie. Like, it's not a movie that I'll watch again quickly. But if someone was like, oh, I've never watched this and we like were hanging out and we were a little drunk, I'd be like, oh, let's watch like the first hour. And I think it'd be like a great time. Um, That's the kind of movie this is. And like ultimately, like that's enough. Like we don't need movies. You know, one of my least favorite movies of the year is everything everywhere all at once, which I feel is like is a maximalism movie that also tries to be like emotional which is why i think people like it as well but for me i'm like no just be crazy like you're not being crazy enough because you have to go back to yeah but think about the children think about the gays like i don't care like no just go back to like you know some weird shit and like oh look and now here's a snake and it's poisoned you and you've got to like go be saved 
And there's going to be a whole sequence about that. And then now there's a tiger. <laughs> it's like, that's great. That's what I want. Oh, and then there's a huge dance sequence that does not matter for the film, but also like, you know, endears you to the characters a little bit. Like, I love that shit. And that's why I am totally fine with this film. Like, I don't have any negatives towards it, even though I know it's like not a great film. Some films can just be fun. And I really I I really struggle with that sometimes. But like this one is just like, yes, it is fun. You're going to love whenever you guys let me do my Bollywood series then. Carson, probably not. We're doing it in August and Carson will hate every Uh, single one. He'll pick like the (laughs) the most like traditional gay. (laughs) No, no, no. I have four picked. I they're they're my top four Bollywood movies. Oh, no, I'm saying whatever we pick for the uh, American will be like, just like, you know, the old queen movies. (laughs) 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 What I'm getting at is you're an old queen, Carson. I appreciate that. How long are the movies? Like, are the ones you picked specifically? Like, what's the longest and what's the shortest? Like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Indian cinema is long, bro. Uh, okay, I will say so that. And maybe this is gonna be sacrilegious. Netflix's 1.5 speed <laughs> option came in clutch hour two okay. through three. I will say that the only thing that I was a little annoyed with was I was watching um oh sorry i didn't tell the fun fact the fun fact is indian cinema cannot uh record usually just because of uh location rules and all that stuff um they don't record um sound in terms of like what we know it as so everything is 80 yard so like when we're talking about the hindi versus uh i think it's telugu um, it doesn't matter. Like the lips don't match up, but you were not going to hear like it matters perfect... to me though. I know, but you weren't <laughs> going to hear perfect clean audio regardless. That's why when you watch the English segments, you're like, oh, this still looks like shit. That's why, because it was all recorded. Oh my god, we haven't mentioned. <laughs> Do you know who the main villain is? The old dude. The old woman. woman. She looked very familiar. She's the fucking girlfriend, the Nazi girlfriend in the third Indiana Jones. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but yeah. I gasped <gasps> when I yeah. saw I was like, Wild. oh my God, it's Elsa. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I have watched I that movie that so many her. times. Um, Elsa was one of those, like, you know, um, hits you, right? When you're a little kid and you're like, mm, that girl's really pretty. And you're like, oh, you were turned on at a four year old. Um, I didn't notice her for some reason. That's strange. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why. The the actor who plays Raju, like the, the police officer one, he's really hot. Just saying. Oh, so hot. Very good looking. Um, Like the kind of guy that I was like, oh, he's really hot. And then he just got hotter as the movie went on. I was like, yes, good. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy's fine. He's mm-hmm. definitely like an attractive man, but like. And it's also funny because he's definitely Raju is not supposed to be like, I don't think he's supposed to be the hot one. And I think it 
reads very funny when there's like the guy who's just an average guy to mm-hmm. Western standards who's like, this is the hot guy <laughs> and this is the average guy. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you got it flipped. <laughs> I, just, I really liked um, the storyline of this movie and like the no, friendship it's, it's so... and how it changes. I just like it's well, and then it's film. an adaptation of like two very important cultural icons who never met. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fascinating. You know me, uh, I love a revisionist history moment. You hate that. <laughs> if, if it's done well, I like it. Glorious Bastards is one of my favorite movies. You're, you're like, well, <laughs> it's in circumstances. If you purposely like, it's different. Listen, because Ridley Scott doesn't care about the history, it's fine to play with it. But Ridley Scott doesn't care, and that's why I hate him. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino scared what happened in the. (laughs) It just it feels different. I I know know that I am contradicting myself, but fuck Ridley Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Ridley Scott, who also I love. No, I hate him. I don't like any of his movies. (laughs) Well, House of Gucci was for the hot girls, and you clearly are not one of those, I guess. So I did like House of. I didn't mind House of Gucci. You're gonna say hot girls in that shirt, Carson. (laughs) <laughs> you know what how dare you judge my target pajamas okay, okay. i liked the martian Cute. also but blade runner was not it chief oh shut up i didn't like blade runner why do you say on my... what why do you say you don't need to say that you know yes, you're I just do. hitting you're Although, just hitting riddly while he's down i thought it was so boring i had like a huge fever when i watched blade runner at home though so I feel like I'd like it better if I watched it in a theater. And it's coming to my local cinema this month because it's the 40th anniversary. So maybe if I'll you go. do not see Vertigo, I will kill myself. I will. I have to because I've never seen it before. And oh if I God. miss this chance, I've never what seen the Vertigo fuck's either. wrong with me? Vertigo is so good. They're playing so much good shit. They're playing like Singing in the Rain, um, Vertigo, Lawrence of Arabia, Blade Runner. I'm like freaking Bytown Cinema popped off this month. <laughs> They're back and better than ever. <laughs> Period. Well, why don't we move on to our other release that we missed, and that's Steven Sodenberg's Kimmy. I, I love. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. I love Sodenberg, and I love this HBO Max deal. I was the only one in the world being my gay ass self to love Let Them All Talk, which was, I think, Paul, you might like it. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about it. You either. Oh, no, I saw it, and it. I fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't get it because it's just rich white people on a boat, like, complaining about nothing. <sighs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I didn't watch it. it. No, it's anyway, not. Moving on. That's not the conversation today. Kimmy is about this girl in Seattle who has basically imagined like the Google Alexa. But when there's something that goes wrong, a woman like a person listens to it and then corrects it in the system. She does that job. But she's also after the pandemic, very like he, she's afraid of going out and meeting people going out into the world. A little bit of the woman in the window, you know. So she gets a recording and learns, like, hears some abuse, and she thinks she might have heard a murder. So then she kind of has to brave her fears and, like, go off into the world and, like, figure out what's happening and try to help this woman or expose the crime, you know, and no one believes her and no one's helping her, blah, blah, blah. Um, I like this film a lot. I think the ending is very silly. Once you get to, like, a very specific moment in an office building, it definitely, like, goes off the rails in a way I think is kind of funny. Um, but like, I think this is Sodenberg, obviously just like playing around with the camera, playing around with filmmaking effortlessly, 
Um, I think Zoe Kravitz is really good in this film. Um, I think how it blends like the fear of the pandemic and the digital age and kind of twist that is really worthwhile. Um, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but it's another one of his HBO Max projects. I'm like fully here for. I really appreciate that this exists. I didn't hate this movie. But I didn't have a lot of fun with it. Like, I know other people did. And I wonder if that was just like uh, COVID, like lack of filmmaking going on. Um, Like releases, because it's just it's kind of boring. Also, the acting is all really bad, except for Zoe Kravitz. Like every time there's a secondary character, I'm like, ooh, you're terrible. And then they like have a monologue for a little while. Um, a couple people that like show up only through her uh, Zoom calls or whatever. I was like, oh, you're fine. Like uh, the guy from Romania, maybe he was fine. But everyone else terrible, especially Mrs. Tom Hanks. Um, as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, Rita Wilson, please stop talking. Your performance is real bad. Um, no, it's it's awful. Also, it's very weird that um, the killer in this movie is the fucking guy who did. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but the Hulu special in and of itself. No. Oh, it's fantastic. OK, my recommendation for the week is <laughs> in and of itself. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's this like. Like. um uh, very like magician special and then i was watching and i was like who the fuck is this guy i know him but i've only seen him in like one thing and then i go and look and it's the guy from this fucking like you know uh mystery like magician special and this was his first acting role he's fine but it's just very weird um i just wanted more from it um it feels very much like a thriller from the 70s i also find that sodenberg is mostly a hack and that's my <laughs> old, uh, that's my overall like i understand and this will be a great artifact from like people wanting to be like what were the 2020s like there's some aspects that feel like 2020 but i don't believe like people will watch this and not think of the fact that it's made the pandemic and that that's why you're watching it i liked kimmy but I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. I didn't love it at all. It's just fine. Um, like, I feel like I really enjoyed it up until, like, the part that, like, Zoe Kravitz, like, leaves her apartment to go and, like, find the, like, supervisors at her company and the FBI and all that stuff. Like, I think I really liked it, like, better when she's, like, confined to, like, her own space and, like, trying to figure things out for herself. Because when all the other, like, supporting characters get introduced, I'm just like, I don't care about any of these people. Zoe Kravitz was so much better when she was by herself. Like, come on. Um, Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Paul is saying with, like, this being, like, people seem to really like it because it was COVID and, like, nothing was happening. Um... I don't know. I just, I don't have a lot to say about it. Like, it was fine. Valid. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of ClapperCast. I will quickly point out before we get to our recommendations, you already heard it in the episode. Please email us at ClapperCast at gmail.com with your best and worst films or whatever, your thoughts on the year of film we've had so far um, for our episode next week where we're doing our half year recap. We also have reviews for Stranger Things Season 4, The Princess, Man from Toronto, Happening, and Spiderhead, another big week but hopefully it's a fun week. Hopefully Paul likes something more than he did this week. Um, Let's get to our recommendations this week to close this off. And I am doing a little film from 2016 called La La Land. Here's the oh thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a shock film. today. I was on TikTok and I saw a girl being like, La La Land's great. And I was like, I agree. La La Land is great. And I was like, for shits and giggles, Let's see what Alina and Paul think. And they both dislike this film because they're trash people. This film is five stars. If you've not seen it or if you're one of those losers who thinks it's bad, go rewatch it. Five out of five. One of the best films ever made. Period. Let's move on because why not? Alina, what is your recommendation this week? I didn't watch anything this week that I really, really loved. So I'm digging back in my letterbox diary. I'm like, did I recommend that? I don't know. Earlier this June, I watched High Noon because it's on AFI 100 Years 100 Movies. It's from like 1952, I think. And it has Gary Cooper in the lead role. And it's a Western. Carson, you're going to hate it. It's a Western. But it was really freaking sick because... It's, like, the entire film is, like, in real time, like, as the, like, sheriff dude is trying to, like, find all the people to help him. It's, like, literally in real time. And I was, like, wow, I've never seen a movie like that before. That's fucking sick. And I had a good time with it. I watched it 28 days ago, so I can't remember, like, all the specific details. But it was one of, like, the better westerns I've seen. I don't mind a western. And High Noon is one of the good ones. It's a very, like, popular and classic film. So maybe it's a bad recommendation, but like, hey, I'm grasping at straws here. Everything I watched this week was mid. Sadly, I will have to watch that then at some point if it's on the list, but I can put it's, that it's, for a few it's years. Very short. Why not? It's very short. It's like 85 minutes. Mm, that's good, at least. Mm-hmm. Other than I like how also FYI Alina was like, triple R, 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 R is not long and it's three fucking hours long. Just keep that in mind. I didn't say it wasn't long. I said it doesn't feel long because that's what Indian cinema is like. Alina watches The Irishman and is like, oh, that was quick. What a short little film. I love The Irishman. I do too. It's such a like masterpiece. I agree. Paul, what's your recommendation this what? week? <laughs> Shut up. Um, Part of the criteria okay, the Irishman. So I got a, um, a waste of $40. It's on Netflix, no. Queen. I wanted the cute little case. Okay, go ahead, Paul. Valid. Um, so I got a free Blu-ray um, for we need to do something and it's another one like gold um where it wasn't for me but i fully watched it and i was like no people will love this movie like again it is slow again it is a little too violent again it is a little too mean again violent to dogs um chicken soup for the soul entertainment is really just like sending me movies that are like watch this dog die and i'm like sitting with my two dogs it's like it's one of those movies that i look and it has like a lower rating on letterboxd but like i'm watching and i'm like people who like those one location uber 
Carson, actually, I think you would dig this movie because it's super violent to the point that I was like gagging a couple times. And I was like, this is for someone. It's not me, but I get it. Um, And, you know, that's like cool about movies. Sometimes it's like you watch a movie and you're like, yeah, no, other people should watch this. So if you're the type that likes movies that are super violent, super creepy, um, just have that air to them. I would recommend it. Um, But overall, like it was not for me. I will never watch this movie again. Carson, I'll probably send this copy to you. Um, (laughs) Like it's just it's it's just gross. But, you know, sometimes that's needed. There's a reason that Saw 11 is being made. (laughs) Let's end this off by finding where we can find everyone on social media. Paul? A price like tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Alina? I am at Alina Falls on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon Uh, We have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.